This is The Space Shot, episode 246, for January 15th, 2018. Stardust and Space Mountain. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. I've got another quick Falcon Heavy static fire update. The test has slipped yet again, this time to Tuesday the 16th. The launch date for the Falcon Heavy is no earlier than the end of this month, but at the rate that the static fire keeps slipping, I wouldn't be surprised if the launch slips into February. Here's to hoping for a rocket launch on my birthday. I'll be passing along more information as it becomes available. The latest episode of Star Trek Discovery aired last night, and it was a really fun episode. Exploring the parallel universe and how the characters react to being stuck in the evil Mirror Universe has been much better than previous Star Trek Alternate Universe episodes. I get that people don't want to pay for CBS All Access just to watch Discovery, and believe me, I'm not thrilled about that either, but these episodes have been fantastic. I'm really excited about the character that returned this week, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Since we're talking about pop culture, on January 15th, 1975, Space Mountain opened in Tomorrowland, part of the Magic Kingdom at Disney World in Florida. This roller coaster has a retro space theme and is almost entirely in the dark. I remember riding it as a kid when I was at Disney World, but it's been ages since I've been. I'm catching a ride on Space Mountain the next time I'm out in Florida for a rocket launch. Now we've got some space history. Stardust was a NASA Discovery class mission that encountered the comet Vilt 2, named after Paul Vilt, its discoverer. Stardust collected samples from the comet and interstellar dust for return and analysis here on Earth. On January 15, 2006, a sample return capsule that had been jettisoned from the Stardust probe entered Earth's atmosphere, landing just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah, at the Utah Test and Training Range, where anxious scientists were waiting to see what was embedded in an array of aerogel cubes. The sample return part of the Stardust mission was the first time that any particles from a comet were returned to Earth. The Stardust probe was launched on February 7, 1999, atop a Delta II rocket from Cape Canaveral Launch Complex 17. One of Stardust's unique features was an aerogel collector that was moved into position when the probe moved behind Comet Vilt-2's tail. The aerogel acted as a sort of ballistics gel, which allowed the dust to impact into something that wouldn't completely destroy the sample. After the Stardust probe had captured the cometary and interstellar particles, it conducted a series of flybys of the comets Vilt 2 and Temple 1. These flybys captured high-resolution images of both comets, and in the case of Temple 1, provided another set of images that complemented the earlier Deep Impact mission. The sample return capsule provided valuable information about the composition of the comet, as well as the interstellar dust that was captured during the mission. Particles embedded in the aerogel ranged from the microscopic level to almost one millimeter in diameter. The variety of particles that were collected ranged from organic compounds to crystalline silicates to, most interestingly, glycine. 
Glycine is an amino acid, and its detection on a comet supports the idea that the fundamental building blocks of life are prevalent in space and strengthens the argument that life in the universe may be common rather than rare. That was according to Dr. Carl Pilcher, former director of the NASA Astrobiology Institute. As the U.S. government budget process becomes ever more contentious, these cost-capped discovery missions will continue to play a vital role in expanding our knowledge of the solar system. It's wonderful to see that these relatively inexpensive missions can produce so much incredible science. If it weren't for the ingenuity and dedication of the teams that build and operate these robotic spacecraft, there would be many areas of the solar system left unexplored. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes. If you do that, screenshot it and send it to me at John Molnix pretty much everywhere on the internet, and I'll send you a Space Shot sticker and a little thank you. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button, that way you don't miss any of the daily episodes. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search the space shot or click the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, STS 107. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.